Welcome to episode number 48 of the Road to Cinema podcast, featuring Oscar-nominated screenwriter and director Oren Moverman of the new film Time Out of Mind, starring Richard Gere, opening in limited release this Friday, September 11th from IFC Films. Time Out of Mind tells the story of a homeless man, played by Richard Gere, who's navigating the winter streets of New York City, trying to find temporary shelter and hopefully reconnect with his daughter, played by Jenna Malone. Writer-director Oren Moverman takes us through the development process for the screenplay, which was shepherded by actor and producer Richard Gere, who had in mind to make this film for over a decade. We'll also delve into Moverman's use of sound design in the film, as well as Moverman and Gere's research into understanding the homeless epidemic in New York City. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, to read the Road to Cinema blog, and to watch a Road to Cinema YouTube series, please visit jogroadproductions.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at jogroad, like us on Facebook, jogroadproductions, follow us on Instagram, jogroadproductions, subscribe to our Jog Road Productions YouTube channel, and don't forget to write us a review on the iTunes podcast page for the Road to Cinema podcast. And once again, by doing all of the above, you will be entered into a contest to win a free download of the Final Draft screenwriting software brought to you by Road to Cinema and our friends at Final Draft. And now we join Oscar-nominated screenwriter and director Oren Moverman as he takes us inside the process for creating the new film Time Out of Mind, which opens in Los Angeles and New York City on Friday, September 11th. I wanted to start off by talking about uh, the sound design of the film. It was something that really captured me at first, especially since you don't have a music score uh, throughout the film. So I was curious how early on in the process of developing the screenplay and even in the pre-production were you thinking about sound design and how you could effectively use it to create this world? Yeah, we were thinking about this sound design from the very beginning. Um, And in a way, it was easy because... We were thinking about, you know, what is the element that you, we can portray about New York City that is just so assaultive and so dominant in our lives here. And it was very clear that sound is something that is really overwhelming and, and on, you know, could drive a man insane in, in New York City. And so we, we basically approached it in pre-production, but it was already, a lot of it was already written into the script. Uh, this idea that sound is, is going to dominate certain scenes. Uh, we recorded the movie in MS Stereo, so we actually, uh, from you know, from production on, were very aware of the possibilities of sound and of mixing um, sort of stuff that we were, you know, capturing along the way. But also later on in post-production, had room to add uh, even additional themes that we would uh, record with actors, and it was just really. A, a full effort from the very beginning to make the sound very distinctive and very true to life about New York City, but also true to a certain kind of uh, sensitivity that the main character has to um, to these sounds. I was curious because um, I know Richard Gere has had this um, script in mind for many, many years. Um, how much research uh, did you do initially when you came on board in terms of finding out what that experience was to be homeless in New York City or just to be homeless, you know, in the United yeah. States? We did a lot of research. We um, basically, as soon as I signed on to the project, you know, Richard, as you said, has been in it for a while. 
and people who are staying at homeless shelters. I met with guards. Uh, just really had long conversations with as many people as possible. All people really kind of locked into this uh, this issue. And then we worked with the Coalition for the Homeless, which is an advocacy group for the homeless, and they had plenty of experience and expertise to contribute. So it was, uh, it was months and months of really kind of visiting shelters, talking to people on the streets, talking to people who are activists and people from the city as well. Uh, so it was very well-rounded in terms of getting into the conversations that exist already. Uh, were there any uh, sort of preconceived notions that you had about uh, the homeless issue that's going on in the United States that sort of changed as you were sort of delving into the details of of your research and going to these various places? Yeah, I have to be very honest. You know, I, uh, as much as I thought I knew about the issue, um, I wasn't that knowledgeable. I, uh, I think I learned so much by, by working on this film um, from, just from a policy perspective or even statistics, but also from the human perspective, the interaction kind of brought me to a place that where I wasn't before. And I always use this example that, you know, I used to live not that far away from Bellevue, where the intake center uh, is for MET, uh, the, the main shelter. And I, not only did I not ever kind of notice the lines of people outside, I, I didn't really notice the building. I didn't really notice the fact that there was a whole world existing around that building and around that environment. Uh, until I went to Bellevue for the first time and realized that I, I just went about my life without ever seeing it. And that opened up uh, not shame or guilt, but just a desire to be more aware of the environment that exists around the people who are living in our city and uh, under difficult and different uh, conditions. Yeah, it's interesting watching the film um, because, you know, we sort of generalize homeless people sometimes as um, as just sort of mentally ill or they're drug addicts, but... Uh, you know, homeless people can come in, you know, different shapes completely. Like there's characters in your film that are portrayed as um, that are having jobs and, you know, they just they don't have a roof over their head. Um, yeah. So I was curious, how much did that play into creating Richard Gere's character and, and sort of um, pushing down those sort of generalizations that we have about homeless people? And we were very mindful of that. I mean, the story itself could have gone in a lot of different directions because we were really starting from scratch. But our idea was not to take a person who was living on the street for many, many years and show you his state. We actually wanted to meet our character on the day he becomes homeless and go through the process, because so much of the movie is about process, of really discovering every step of the way that leads him into the homeless shelter. So basically, you know, we meet him in, a, in an apartment on the day he's thrown out, on the day that he realizes he has no more couches to serve and no more places to squat, and he has to start taking care of himself. And there's a process to it that takes him outside the building, tries to get back into the building. He's not a guy who knows the streets or knows how to live on the street. So you can actually see, and it helps that Richard Gere is playing the character, you can actually see that he had a path that was probably pretty middle class, that was probably quote-unquote normal in terms of society, and that something went wrong. You can certainly have all these clues about the idea that something went wrong with this guy. He's off, um, you know, and, and, and I think that by, by doing that, we really take the audience with the character through the process of discovering what's possible for him in terms of housing, in terms of the shelter, in terms of finding food and finding warmth, or uh, feeding his addiction, or, you know, all, all the things that come into the home. So um, that was really fun, really fun to get to. 
Yeah, I was curious um, on the set um, because it seems like so so much so many of the scenes are uh, shot with long lenses, and you're at such a distance yep. from from uh, from Richard and the rest of the cast. Um, were you actually shooting on streets that you know weren't really closed off? Was this really sort of um, capturing the reality of the situation? Completely. We never closed off any streets. We couldn't do that. Uh, we shot in very uh, crowded places. And, uh, and we wanted to, to utilize these live environments. We wanted to throw Richard Gere as a homeless person into these live environments and let him, in character, try to kind of fit into the frame. We were always far away. The entire movie was shot on three zoom lenses, three anamorphic lenses. Um, we were always uh, hiding somewhere, taking the footprint of the filmmaking out of the equation so that people didn't really notice the camera. They knew that film was being shot because we had those sandwich boards on the street to stay, you know, to walk past the line during the movie. But, you know, New Yorkers are in a hurry and nobody really read it and when there's no camera, nobody really realized we were shooting a movie. And that allowed us to really use every, um, every kind of spontaneous, um, unrehearsed, unscripted moment that could happen around Richard and made it feel very real. Yeah, um, I'm curious about Richard sort of uh, developing his character. Um, how, how closely uh, were you working with him before shooting in terms of the details of his wardrobe and just sort of how he would carry himself through the film? Well, certain things are, you know, kind of locked before you start. You know, and you test them, you talk about wardrobe, you try to things, you make decisions, you talk about hair. All those things are, you know, the, the, the visual elements of the film is still making. I've sort of discussed and, and completely um, kind of pre, um, you know, pre-thought out. What happens then is, uh, is uh, the actual character. And the actual character in this particular movie did not need um, endless, you know, backstory discussions. We didn't talk about, you know, how he's going to walk, talk, or or interact with people. We really just talked about the essence of what the story is. And Richard um, is, likes the idea of working with the mystery of his character and working with the mystery of um, not knowing so much or too much about his past. He really wanted to explore this guy in a state of forgetfulness, in a state of loss of memory. And so it wasn't that we designed the character for him to kind of just execute. He was really kind of covering the character as he was going. And of course, he's thought about it for a long time. I mean, he had this particular story um, in his possession for a long time, so he's done a lot of the work um, even before I got involved in front. I was curious too, from a technical uh, point of view, since you were shooting on active streets, um, how did you capture sound? Was it through lav mics on the actors, or I mean, did you guys ever have boom mics there as well? Or yeah, I mean, we you know the, the actors were mics. Um, we had Phil Alexander did our our uh, on set sound, and we, as I said, recorded it in the stereo, so we were actually getting a lot of the environment almost kind of like mixed into the tracks um, organically um, and you know sometimes we would have to hide a microphone and it would be it was, it was very delicate kind of self work but Felix actually worked out of a bag which is very unusual these days he basically had a you know his equipment on him so he could be moving um, you know very fluidly uh, in and out uh, and sometimes and you have to kind of explore the movie to see that somebody sometimes he's in the shop actually but kind of disguised and hiding the microphone 
so that he's close to Richard, a lot closer than you think, but you don't really know that that's a sound guy. Uh, I was wondering too, um, sort of going through because this is such a it's such a raw film, and you never resort to melodrama uh, throughout the story. Um, so I was curious, you know, did you ever have a music score in mind going in, or were you really focused on creating the atmosphere and the environment uh, which the film? Yeah, no, we, we we didn't want to have a score from the very beginning. You know, we really just think that this is not a movie where you need to uh, put the artifice or honest. All, almost all the music in the movie is diegetic, comes from the environment. It's, you know, New York, you hear music everywhere you go, and in and out of cafes, and out of cars. It's just all, everywhere in the environment. So music became part of the sound design, and not, not a score. And I was wondering, too, um, going into the editing process, um, was were, did you have a lot of uh, extraneous material, or were you really working closely with uh, the screenplay itself in terms of what you had? It probably, you know, stayed as close to the, to the screenplay that I expected. Um, but having said that, you know, uh, the screenplay was really a blueprint in, in a true sense, uh, because there were so many things that were happening that we were discovering, a lot of happy accidents, a lot of risk-taking in, in the filmmaking. So there wasn't really ultimately a script that was precisely reflected in the footage. It was really footage that came out of the script and then found its own logic, its own rhythm. And then that part was was pretty much, um, you know, kind of put together as, as in a film. So it's actually, you know, it was a very short script at the end of the day. It was 80-something uh, pages. Um, but it was shooting these long takes and you're sort of taking your time because this character has a rhythm that's so different from a fast city, um, you end up with a lot more footage. Uh, and so we had to make some hard decisions about things that we took out, but ultimately it wasn't that much. It really stayed close to where, where we started with on the page. Were there, uh, were there a lot of times when you were on the set that you were um, sort of finding and creating moments that weren't in the script where you would sort of be creating scenes on the spot? Everything was wide open. We knew that you know people are going to be moving around. That uh, action is going to be dictated by what felt right, and not so much by trying to execute the script or nail it. So uh, it was very freeing that way. Uh, and there was a lot of you know creating in the moment. You, you, you sort of you start a scene, you do it, you realize that the environment is different than you thought ahead of time, and so you start um, you know kind of changing the scene and figuring out new things and a little bit of prodding, kind of finding even new dialogue and new uh, emotional cues. So it all worked in that way, and it was very, very exciting. Uh, do you think that working on a screenplay that you're directing yourself is different from uh, something that you're working on that someone else will direct, um, sort of, you know, like Love and Mercy, uh, or I'm Not There? Is Do you feel like that if you're working on the screenplay yourself and you're also directing it, that you can sort of have more liberty in how you're writing, in a sense, or...? No, I mean, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, I, I try to get into the head of the director no matter who I'm writing and stuff there for. And so if I'm writing for myself, I'm trying to get into my head and understand where I'm coming from. Whether that I, if I'm writing for Bill Pollard or someone like that, I'm trying to understand what they're after. So the process is the same. You're always thinking about how, to, how is this a movie as opposed to how it is a screenplay. But, of course, when you're working with another director, you know, they, they get to shape the... the, the various elements of the script that ultimately become the film and 
the filter and I become the, the conduit through which I can express things in the screenplay to serve uh, their purpose, their vision, and that's something that I actually really like doing. I was curious, is there a moment in the film uh, that you're the most proud of or that you think uh, was executed in a way that went beyond your expectations uh, when you originally conceived it? It's going to sound flip, but uh, every moment in the film is like that for me. I mean, I really think that it's such an unusual film. I think you see the risk taking in every frame. Um, and of course, I'm not judging it for other people. Uh, they may think it works or may think it doesn't work, but I think that um, the movie exceeded my expectations because, first and foremost, we tried a concept that we didn't know was going to work, which was to put Richard Gere alone in the world in New York City and hide and capture that, and that worked. Once that worked, it gave us confidence. Um, and, you know, working with Ben Vereen, uh, group of actors, it all, it all, it was kind of magical and so fast, and we shot it in 21 days. So I'm, I'm kind of in awe of the fact that, you know, all these great, you know, filmmakers get together and we were able to make this. Um, it is, you know, whether you like it or not, or whether you hate it or love it, it's, it's, it's an unusual film and it's trying to create a language uh, of its own uh, in, in, you know, in, in a discussion with the audience. So 